Welcome back to Sir Reginald's Monocle, the Umbrella Academy podcast. My name's Toby Shaver. I'm here with my brother, Dave. What's up, Shavy D? Excited to be here, Tob. Dude, so we're we're talking about episode four of season two today, The Majestic 12. We both just watched it. Let's get into it. So the episode starts out in 1993 London, and we get to see the handler... Um, you know, basically when she adopted Lila, it's a very sweet adoption backstory. I, 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 there wasn't a dry eye in the house. (laughs) So, uh, did you think she kind of rolls in and, and takes out the, the mom and dad for whatever reason, we don't really know. Uh, maybe we never will, but, uh, the, the thug with her, was that Hazel? Are you thinking he kind of had the, the gate? of of hazel i kind of thought yeah i definitely i i, w- I was hoping that they were going to show his face because it exactly. well, they very that, intentionally that, didn't so correct it had to be somebody that we know or are gonna know <laughs> yes that's that's the impression i got but i was you know i was unfortunately not we were not shown but yeah, yes yeah. it was a great way to start um you know obviously it was great to see at the end of the other episode with uh you know, that being mother, if you will. And, uh, um, so you, you knew you were going to get, figure out how she, you know, got Lila in the first place. So I like it. Yeah. Great start. Yeah. I do love with this show. They, they don't, you know, on a lot of these backstories, they don't leave you hanging too long. You know, they kind of just give you the whole thing up to speed. I mean, what a great montage with like the training and, and all of that. That was so awesome. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's amazing what they... I, I'm constantly amazed at what they pack into each episode, as well as, like you said, even within montages, what they pack in. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Right. Well, it's like if, if you ask the question, what would it be like to be you know, raised by the handler? Okay, well, we're going to take 45 seconds right now and show you in a super awesome way the whole thing exactly what it's like oh yeah for sure yeah perfect so she 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 raised a killer well and i think i don't know if we touched on this i think we may have in the past but uh i really like the lila character and i like the fact that there was you know right away they gave her emotional depth and then Mm. now because you were invested in her you know to kind of like have her save his ass and then, you know, then jump all over his ass. And then, you know, now, uh, find out that's her mother and then see the training and realize like, you know, what she's capable of. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's, they've, they've in, in the span of just a handful of episodes, you know, they've brought her right up to like, you know, where you're hanging on the edge of your seat, waiting to see what happens. So, yeah. Add one to the mix. Pretty awesome. Yep. So then uh, we, we come back to present day, you know, which in this case is 1963. Um, and the handler's basically explaining to, to Lila that now the mission is to protect number five at all costs. So, um, you know, that's, the, I mean, she even says, like, you, you can kill Diego if you want. She's like, no, no, that's all right. I think maybe you need to. <laughs> yeah, I like to get it out I of the system. Said something like that. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's so, great. Uh, yeah, so well, that's well, and I change, like that. You know, change of plans for her, you know. Yeah, and I like the little, uh, I mean, it's a little conventional, but I, I like that, the angle of that's where her softness will lie with is with Diego. Um, yeah. Which, speaking of which, I mean... I think, like, per usual, I, I don't think we have to be perfectly chronological or anything. With the no, episode, but, we, uh, we can jump around, take it, take it like a chunk at a time. So you want to talk about Diego? Well, we, <laughs> you know, I, just specifically the fact that that, you know, that kind of quote-unquote budding relationship is, uh, I'm interested. You know, I like it. I like the fact that uh, that, that dance scene at the yeah. consulate uh I, I, I was really, you know, that that as a precursor before, uh, you know, the throwdown in the hallway. 
So, um, so yeah, I really like well, where, they, where, where and, those and two are going. I just love that, like, I mean, obviously, you know, they want to add that. It's a very fun element when they do stuff like that, but I love that, like, he built it in. He's like, we all had to take ballroom dancing, you know, it was part of... Yeah, you never know when a bossa nova will save you or whatever he says. a bossa doble will save your life. Bossa doble, yeah. Yeah, it's so all that little backstory moments, but... Yeah, no, it was great. I lost my thoughts. Yeah. It was great, and I love the... I mean, just the... Even her leading, you know, the... Yeah. It was, yeah, perfect. Well, I thought the interesting thing about the, you know, leading into the dancing scene... You know, I love that Five, you know, basically called her out and says, I don't trust you. I know you're up to something, you know, I'm going to figure it out or whatever. Um, and then, you know, Diego was also kind of suspicious. Like he, you know, realized that she was gone for a little while. And, you know, the difference is like she immediately like changed the subject by dancing and, you know, has him off of his game a little bit. Um, where obviously five is not, you know, influenced at all. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, five's obviously on to her, but, you know, now that we know what we know about the handler, like, did he know about her? I mean, maybe he knew about her already. Say that, did he know about her? Well, I'm, well, I mean, if he's worked for the handler for a long time, and if she's he's she's been raising this daughter, you know, there's a chance that five could have known about her at some point. Oh right, yeah. I mean, I would never put anything. Past I mean, he doesn't five. seem to recognize her, but uh, yeah, obviously he doesn't trust her. Yeah, my gut tells me no. Um, I would kind of think yeah. of that, especially with their their mastery of kind of you know, places and times. Um, I would think the handler probably had her tucked away somewhere that was, you know, yeah, that they were not privy yeah, to, but sense. the, uh, but, uh, again with five, yeah, I mean, you never know. Cause he's, you know, been so central yeah. to some of these pl- amazing twists along the way. But, uh, but yeah, so they, I, with, I really like the, uh, Banya and Luther at the beginning. So let's talk about that. That first part, unless, did you have something else on that? I was just going to say the, uh, um, when he, you know, right before, well, we can come back to it as far as the, uh, the, uh, consulate scene, you know, whatever, but I'll, I'll, I can, I can, I can make the comment then. So, all right, cool. So let's, you know, we go to, um, Vanya and Luther who, you know, Luther gets fired for, you know, having a pretty bad day, lost the fight. Yeah. Jack was not happy. Jack was not happy, um, you know, not into second chances. So, you know, Luther Luther's fired, and and uh, you know he was very blunt with Vanya. You know, basically filling in the blanks that five left out. You know, yes, you were the one who caused the apocalypse. You know, we were all part of it, but yes, you caused it. Um, and nobody really wants to go with five. Like they're just not into it. Luther's over it still. Now Vanya's like, I'm going to go back to the farm and, you know, continue to be a home wrecker here. Yeah. My goodness. The, uh, yeah, they were both, uh, very, I mean, I, I, I don't know. That was kind of a weird scene in the sense that I don't, I, I, I assume what I was supposed to take from it is that they were both very lost and kind of looking for answers from each other and neither one had him. And, uh, and then obviously once, uh, Jack got all pissed, you know, he got, uh, Luther then got frustrated and Vanya's just like a, I mean, lost and almost like a puppy dog lost type of like, Hey, I'll just be here with you, you know, whatever. And Luther's just, you know, snaps and puts his, fist through the wall um so yeah i I like that uh i think that set them on their you know i think we talked about in the recap episode you know just where they were going to have to kind of spin them all out to you know before they found their bearings and were able to start you know moving their way back towards wherever they needed to go and uh I thought that was handled pretty well. You know, I like that, uh, um, 
you know, Luther just is always seeking direction. So, you know, the fact right. that he's got none, you know, that's obviously going to drive him crazy. And then, you know, Vanya, the, uh, you know, to not know anything is just, you know, obviously crazy. So it's amazing how much Vanya is, is trusting, you know, I mean, she would have just, you know, stuck with Luther or whatever. And I mean, she doesn't really have her memory back. She's just kind of, you know, being loyal to him. He's, he says he's my brother, you know, I trust him. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, if you, uh, you know, the people that hit you with a car and you wake up and amnesic <laughs> and, uh, basically well, now, you're, I mean, she's now you're, now you're there like au pair or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, she's much she's, more than that now. She's in she's a strange place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We haven't seen, uh, Clint in a while or Cliff or whatever his name is. Yeah. He did not make an appearance this episode. No. I so mean, basically, they're, go they're not down with five. Um, you know, Luther's just losing it, punches a hole in his wall. He's getting evicted. Ends up having to crash with Elliot. <laughs> we can talk about that scene in a minute, which was a oh, great God. scene. But, I love it. Um, all right, let's talk about Klaus and, and, uh, and Allison. So... Uh, Do you, do you want to talk about that scene? Uh, which scene? So, Klaus, uh, the first time we see Klaus is in the diner, right? With Dave. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I, I, I was trying to think of them together, but, but okay. Um, right. So, he takes his opportunity to sit down with Dave at the diner and... You know, basically tries to warn him that that uh, you know he knows he's thinking about enlisting, and he knows that you know he's giving him all these details. Like he he knows that you know he I know you yeah that, you're, that, that, you that that's you, your uncle that just left that uh, your grandfather that fought in World War One, your dad in World War Two, your uncle's trying to talk yeah. you into signing up right now. Yep. Which, you know, maybe, maybe wasn't the, the best approach, because obviously that's going to freak somebody out. But uh, um, then in the middle of it, the uncle comes back and and uh, uh, the uh, violence ensues. Basically, he he starts egging Dave on to knock him out and, and eventually he does. And I mean, Klaus, it, it was a heartbreaking scene to watch. I mean, Klaus just, I mean, that destroys him obviously. And just so well played and, 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 uh, written. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I was, I'm anxious to see where it pays off because it was, you know, I, I, it, it, it elicited all the right emotions that I think I was supposed to feel in the scene, but it was, you know, it was just, it, the awkwardness was the awkwardness I, I felt like we, we as the audience should feel, but it was maybe just slightly forced, I kind of almost felt like, but, you know, once, like, if there's a future scene where, you know, Dave's had some time to reflect and, you know, we'll have to see what where, what that conversation, you know, brings about in Dave. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, I just, I, I think that uh, the Klaus character is so well portrayed. Um and that scene was really intense, but I just want to make sure that it's, you know, you know, they've done so well with not forcing anything. And I, and right. you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. th that's, uh, that was the only scene in the whole episode that left me. I felt strange at the end of it, if you will. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was like, 
I don't even know the right word to use. It was maybe it was your heart growing. Is it possible? That it was <laughs> three, three sizes that day. That, no, yeah, it, that was a feeling it, of your heart. No, that's what I'm saying. Because I, 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 I felt the emotion I wanted to feel, or I felt like I should feel, but I, I felt like the scene was a little forced. So I almost feel like yeah. guilty not feeling like the scene was exactly up to where I wanted it to be. Do you get? You know what I'm saying? It's it, it's one of those weird things where the subject matter of the scene was affecting me in a different way than how it was like. You know, the setup to it, the idea of choosing that moment to do it, to 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 have that conversation with him. You know felt like it was set up specifically for that payoff and right yeah do you, no, you don't you, you get what i'm saying so like so yeah, it served I, all I the purposes more to just a, a terrible klaus decision you know as if you're gonna you know just sit there you know i mean unless you know i mean maybe he intended for that confrontation to happen but he thought that that would you know, put force Dave's hand and he would go the other way. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I I, want to reserve judgment because what I guess, and maybe on a second viewing, maybe there, maybe, uh, or maybe you can tell me, I got the impression that he planned very much to go there at that time, at that place to do that. So I felt like there was foreknowledge. It wasn't like he was driving by or something and saw him and then felt motivated to do it. Or even like when he went to the paint store, he obviously through conversations in the future, you know, with the future Dave, he understood yes, that he, he would be there yes, at that time. So he could have just generally with, gone to that. But with, if he went to that uncle, diner yes. at that time with that uncle to have that conversation and have that moment, that conference, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need that to pay off down the road because if it doesn't, then that was a little forced for me. And that was my only reservation yeah. about the, like, really, honestly, the whole episode. It was so good. Yeah. And they crammed so much in it, so much in the episode. They did. And that was a great scene. Again, like I said, I, I, I don't, you know, I just, I need, I need the bookend or the, 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 the closure at some point to, to what this yeah. sparked in Dave, and I and I and I have every assumption that I will get it. So yeah, you know that's the confidence yeah. I have in this show. But that's 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 as specific as I can be to that feeling because, like I said, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Diego gets an invitation uh, to the fancy party, and this is where we learned about the majestic twelve. So they see the picture, there's only 11 of them, and then, you know, the big mystery. It was, it was kind of a cool moment. I just love, yeah. you know, when they're like, oh, who's the 12th? And then Diego and Five oh, for sure. just kind of look at each other like, well, of course. You knew it was coming, but I still love it. And I love the, you yeah, know, because some of it they're is, using, so, is so perfect, you know? <laughs> well, and they're using real world events. I mean, that's, uh, HW is great, or not great, but, um. Uh, W is great grandfather. The uh, um, George Herbert Walker Bush's grandfather was in the Majestic Twelve. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're kind of the ones that Eisenhower eventually kind of warned about. I mean, he warned about what their eventual. You know, yeah, they're very interesting. That's a very interesting backstory to that organization or to that to those people that they gave that name to um so yeah i loved it i love the whole you know that just lent has such a rich conspiracy theory history to it you know they're it's just ripe with all that you know roswell uh, ancient aliens like every oh, i mean you've, you've opened the door to any possibility and just the thought of sir reginald being right in the thick of that is just flipping perfect yeah. love it well when time travel is love on the it. table that means all of those 
those things throughout history are on the table, which is so great. But, uh, so, uh, you know, they start cooking up the plan. You know, they're going to all go, uh, you know, Diego, uh, Lila, and Five are going to go to this party and try to try to find Sir Reginald, basically. Um, meanwhile, Ray, uh, Ray and Allison are still having the uh, expected marital problems after... You know, now she's used her powers in front of him and still has not explained to him what the hell's going on. I'm feeling bad for Ray because, I mean, he's just trying to do good things in the world. And, you know, all of a sudden he's in the middle of a Umbrella Academy adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, uh, that's an interesting one because... You know, I I really like the Allison character, so I I want to be kind of like pissed off for her, you know, a little bit, you know, be you know, be like, you're not gonna involve her, you know, you're not gonna at least talk it out, whatever, figure it out. But you know, I, I do like the angle that they're coming at it from, where basically he thinks she's a like a Fed. That he yeah. bas- that she basically married him for like he's a she's a government plant you know so right it's the only thing that justifies him not talking it out with her and listening to you know even if if whatever she has to say is some other you know bullshit excuse or whatever if there wasn't like something where she could t- potentially be a threat to his movement you know he would probably just talk it out with her you know but now he has to look at her as a threat. Correct. And it's specifically because they're right in the middle of taking action, um, you know, following from the sit-in. So it forces his hand to be more, you know, extreme in his reaction to it. And then that'll leave him at arm's distance. And then, unfortunately, he'll probably pass at some point in the season because I don't think they can leave that unresolved you know what i mean clearly they're willing to to kill you know if you're not uh if you're not a hargreaves you're not safe no one's safe yeah no No one's safe exactly the uh so Um, so yes i are a hargreaves correct so i i feel uh yeah i feel for for ray and i feel for uh for allison because you know well the good thing for allison though is you know, because it's a TV show, you know, as she's kind of walking away sad from her, her big fight with Ray, you know, she just happens to stumble upon Space Boy, you know, yeah. emotionally eating some ribs or something. Yeah, yeah, like four platters <laughs> she, of them. Yeah, yeah drowning his sorrows in some barbecue. That was kind of a was, uh, fortuitous timing, to say the least. Yeah. That, that was probably the only I will say, I don't, I don't understand how when when these characters are reconnecting for the first time after dropping out of space time, they're so casual about the conversation, you know, like they never seem like really surprised or like, Hey, what's up? I mean, it, well, I think in this case it was, I think intentionally awkward. It felt more like, uh, you know, if you ran into like an ex-girlfriend or something, it was like super, Oh yeah, congratulations! I'm really happy for you. And, you know, I met your husband and all that. Um, right, right. So it was super awkward, but still, every time these guys run into each other, it's like. Although I did love that, like she's like, yeah, uh, you know, Diego's in in uh, an asylum, and you know, Luther's just like, oh yeah, makes sense. <laughs> just got a look on his face. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, well, for one thing, I think that at at this point, not only through the training of Sir Reginald over the years that it prepare him for it, but just through their life experience, um, weird, crazy shit happens. So I think that's why they are so casual, you know? Yeah. Like nothing is, is that, that, yeah, I, I really liked when, uh, you know, Luther and Allison reconnected. Uh, it was a little bit of an awkward first, you know, seeing each other again. But, uh, but they, uh, you know, it just showed once again just how much he really is just a genuine good guy. 
you know, I mean, of all of them, he is, you know, he's the Superman, personality-wise. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Diego would be closer to the Batman or maybe even like a, you know, like a question or something, you know, where, yeah. you know, it's just a different mindset where I think at one point he says to her, you know, like, I mean, not that he, that or better yet, not that she owes him any kind of explanation for it, but just the fact that even trying to, to prevent her from even, ha- even having to explain to him or to anyone, not only does he say, you know, obviously you don't know if you've lost everyone and it's, it just made his heart feel good that she had found someone, which I thought was pretty, you know, pretty great thing to say. But then just the idea that, you know, of all people, you know, none of the seven of them owe an explanation to nobody. And, uh, yeah. you know, so that was cool. And, um, you know, just kind of once again established them as the, you know, definitely the heart of the, of the seven, you know, so, so yeah, yeah. so that was a nice little scene to kind of get that, uh, you know, further get people connected. And then obviously, uh, brought each other up to speed and everything. I don't remember. Did, uh, did you say about the, uh, you know, the c- couple of comments they made back and forth to each other were pretty funny and, uh, you know, about, yeah. about Klaus yeah. and Diego. Oh yeah. Cause he was like, not surprised. She's like, yeah, Klaus, Klaus started a cult. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, just kind of nods like yeah. that totally sounds right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I d- actually did love the, the moment, even though it was, uh, you know, total ripoff from uh, Punch Drunk Love, but I did kind of love the the little moment where I think it was where they hugged, maybe. Um, but everybody disappeared. Yeah, everybody disappeared except for them for a few moments, and then when they came out of that, it was back to everybody yep. sitting at all the tables. It was kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, obviously, it was a total ripoff, but it worked. It worked. Yeah. No, it served the purpose for them. Them. I mean, they they are. Totally. They have a unique relationship. And, uh, yeah, Diego, it was funny because, uh, remember we were just, when we were trying to figure out initially, we were confused about who came through or whatever, uh, at the different times when they first got dropped into yeah, Dallas. Yeah, well, we talked about it on the last episode. We sorted it out on the last Correct. episode. Correct. Yes. Correct. But then I got to thinking after we finished recording that, uh, actually, it's, he absolutely got picked up that night. Remember, like you said, where he came through and he, oh, he did the superhero right. pose right. and then he immediately went into action as like the hero. Well, yeah, later yeah. on, like I did the math after I looked at when the date was that he fell through. Or maybe you just so said it, but whatever. But he said at one point, I've been in here for like two months, actually about 75 days. Well, 75 days yeah. would be pretty close. I, again, I didn't actually take a okay. pencil out and do the math. but So basically, Diego came through played the hero and immediately got called out and then got thrown in the asylum, you know? So all the, all the warnings he's been given about Kennedy have just been from inside jail. Correct. Correct. And that, well, and what got me thinking about it is I just, I love the hair, man. Yeah. So, cause obviously he just, you know, the minute he went into the asylum, he just, Yeah. <laughs> I just love that character, man. I can't say it enough. Just cracks me up. But so anyway, so uh, so, um, so yeah, so they got so they we'll, caught up. Um, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll jump over back over to Klaus for a second because after shit goes sideways and and Dave knocks him out in the diner, um, you know, obviously that wasn't his plan. You know, he he thought it was going to work out differently, and it sends him in a downward spiral and he starts drinking again and um, ends up you know after a bender staggering back home to the mansion to find that the cult is back the <laughs> destiny's children has has found their leader <laughs> uh, don't go chasing waterfalls exactly so and he's just you know hammered at this point and it's just like oh shit and just takes off and heads back to I guess Allison's at that point. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Poor Klaus. He's uh, <laughs> he's not in a good place right now. So. 
Yeah. And you know, and, and Ben was there, tried to talk him talk him down from it, but you know, obviously Ben's only gonna last for the first few drinks and then they'll start to fade away, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how these things work. Wait waste three years of sobriety, he said. Yeah. Yeah, um, we'll have to see how he snaps back out of it. But well yeah. I'm sure that uh you know, once well, let's get to, you know, well, I guess we, I, we can jump ahead a little bit, but like. So, so let's talk about the party. So now Diego and the gang are heading over to the, the party to uh, find the Majestic 12 and to look for Sir Reginald. Um, you know, so they're, they're dressed up in their formal party clothes. And of course, Vive is just, you know, wearing his usual little suit. Pretty much works for any occasion. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that. That was funny. I, when they jumped over the wall with the formal wear on and he jumps over and the still in the schoolboy outfit it's like yep, yeah he will forever be in that thing um yeah and actually you made a comment earlier and, and i agree where after diego starts to kind of head in they're kind of ducked behind these cars to kind of get in with the crowd to to work into the party um that's when five kind of grabs lila and says hey you know uh, you know, Diego may have fallen for it, but I haven't. You know, I'm watching you, and I know there's something about you. I just can't quite figure it out yet. And uh, and then after they get in the party, right, pretty much right away, like you said, you know, Diego then kind of confronts her. Um, but I like the fact that, you know, he's a little love struck at that point, you know. So you can kind of sense that already he's, like, looking for her to have an excuse, but he kind of is like, you know, what's – What's up with you, you know, sneaking away for a few hours the other day? And she's like... Well, that's why he's Batman, but aim a little lower. See, right. Batman wouldn't have fallen for that Correct. Shit. He was, Great if observation. If at that point, he would not have been thrown off by... Some you know, weak ass blade. went to get some, you know, no. balm for your injury type of thing. You know, right. give me a break. Right. Nope. So, nope. So anyway, so yeah, so that, at that point you can tell... Do better, Diego. Well... Yes and no. What I loved about that is that that perfectly set him up or it kind of just reminded us again, couple that with the little nice little dance number between he and Lila right after that. But like, so you're kind of reminded again that although outwardly Diego is definitely considered the hard ass on the inside, he's actually one of the more tender of all of them. And yeah. lo and behold, he looks across the room, and who does he see? Mother. He sees mama. Yep. Yeah. And uh, which I I love that scene. I awesome. enjoyed that scene so much. Because, Amazing. You know, I mean, obviously, we saw in season one that Diego had the closest bond, probably of all the kids, with with Grace, with mom, but. When this show starts in season one, it's after they're all adults, so we don't see a whole lot of that. I mean, we got to see a little bit of it in flashbacks, especially the stuff with Diego to show why they were particularly close. But, uh, you know, it's easy to write that character off as as an android because that's what she is. But that doesn't change the way Diego feels. He's look. I mean, that's him seeing his mother as far as he's concerned. Absolutely. I mean, that that's the mother he was raised by. So it was just a really sweet moment, especially because she was kind of like, I mean, she was half, you know, flirting with him almost, or he, you know, definitely assumed he was coming on to her. Yeah. Yeah. Assumed, uh, I, yeah. But like she was, you know, probably would have been okay with it. So, you know, yeah. But uh, it was a funny moment. It was cool and sweet, and I liked it. Played very well, and it's a great idea to leave that relationship between her and Sir Reginald. You know, what is it exactly? You know, obviously, it's just it, with someone that travels in those circles, you're not going to just be the date for the night. So, is this someone that's maybe involved in some espionage as well and just is kind of playing it like, oh, he's just off in a meeting or whatever. Or is it, you know, just somebody maybe he had a had a real affection for and that's why he decided to have the, the android eventually look like her and, you know, different things like that. You know, so it opens all those different possibilities. Or is she already the android? Correct. Could be, could be as well. That's always a possibility. But the... Uh, I don't know, but... 
Yeah, I really like that. And I really like, uh, I mean, that's some of the most genuine emotion. And, 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 and most of the emotion in the show is portrayed quite well by everyone. But, but yeah, that's the way that Diego looks at Mother is some of the more touching scenes in, in both of the seasons so far. Yeah, the yeah. real mother in the first one, and and a couple, of, you know, two or three times in this one in this past episode. So, yeah, they good definitely stuff. Uh, do a good job with showing that you know he he had the close relationship with her. Real and, depth. I mean, you know, not and yeah. he's also carrying guilt because he you know essentially was the one who had to kill her in the first season. Certainly, certainly, you yeah. Know, so he's he, he's got that baggage and everything but uh elsewhere at the party um five has uh caught up with the majestic 12 including number 12 oh man toby when he <laughs> is in that closet see. looking through the slats <laughs> and yeah sir reginald turns with the monocle yeah tell me you didn't get like chills it is perfect. i mean that was, was freaking perfect. awesome well, and like they they somehow, you know, it created tension in a scene where everybody knew that you know there's no way that he would be able to open that door and five not just disappear. You know what I mean? So like there there wasn't any real chance that he was going to get caught, but it still had the tension as if as if he could have. You know, because we don't know with Sir Reginald. We don't know. Right. Well, that's Maybe one of... his umbrella stops five from doing shit. We don't know. Well, sure. I mean, definitely that that could be a thought process. What I was thinking... You know what at, that monocle does? You you better believe it. We'll get into that. The, uh, <laughs> what I f- took from it, what I liked, was the idea that... Not so much that, I, you know, I felt... F- for sure that five was just going to be gone once it got to that point. What I loved is when Sir Reginald kind of hushes the crowd, grabs the poker, and as he's going towards the door, I mean, yeah, you're a little bit anxious for five, but you kind of like just assume that he's going to get out of it. I mean, five is like, he's almost as crafty a bastard as his old man. But what I liked is I was left with a kind of a like, I wasn't quite sure if Sir Reginald had done it in the hopes of actually catching whoever was in there, or if he did it like as almost like a show for the dudes in the room. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like that where like, because he he just feels so much like a character that's always in the know. So I kind of like the idea that that the kids are going to be like, you know, surprise him for probably the first time in a long time. But I could also totally believe that he was just faking out the other ones saying, hey, I knew you kids were coming at some point and I had to throw these other ones off the trail or whatever. But I can buy that theory because he almost did kind of like kind of shake it and rattle it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, like Sir Reginald, if he was really going for it. Would have just done a thrust like a fine fence. Right. Yep. Yeah, so maybe you're onto something. Good catch. I like that. This potential. Well, and that's what's so great about well, this show. Well, the good thing is we'll find out. We're going to find out. That's one of the things that I'm sure will be answered. We'll we'll find out if he knows that they're there and yes, if he's just, they do like, a, just a crazy time jumper like all the time or whatever. Well, I have such respect for the fact that they. I mean, it's amazing how much they fit in each episode. But like we've talked about before, they'll also kind of work you up on a couple different plot lines, leave you hanging, and then will eventually pay you off. I mean, more often than not, the very next episode. But usually, you know, there's not the... I mean, there's obviously the the overall story arcs for the season, but it's uh, they do such a good job with the kind of the ebb and flow of each scene slash episode slash, you know, two or three episode arc type of thing. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. makes it just keeps it super exciting, but yeah. And yeah. speaking of exciting, there's, you know, nitrous is always a little exciting. 
Oh yeah, yeah, Luther. Uh, <laughs> you know the poor space boy's homeless once again, and uh, yeah. you know he he decides to go crash with Elliot, who we find out I guess his father was a dentist, so they get crazy on the nitrous, which was fun. That was an awesome scene. It was a great scene. It was a great scene. Yeah. I yeah, mean, the, it, who who uh, deserves it more than Luther? You know. Well, exactly. I, I felt I felt uh, I felt Luther and Elliot both really needed to let their hair down and get a little little crazy. Yeah, sure. Have a little it's been laugh. a big week for Elliot as well. Big week for Elliot. Yes. Um, and then um, we're going to talk about uh, Sissy and Vanya. We're going to do that right after this. All right, we're back, and we are winding up to the exciting end of the episode, but let's uh, check in with Sissy and Vanya. So after Vanya um, decides that uh, she doesn't want to hang out with Five, Luther doesn't really want to hang out with her, so she heads on back to the farm, and, uh, you know, there's... There's Sissy, and I, I, I don't know how I feel about this whole thing. I feel like uh, um, Harlan is getting caught in the middle of all this. I feel like Sissy is um, a little uh, probably on the selfish side for someone with a you know special needs kid. Um, this is kind of how I'm feeling about her. Um but then she makes her uh, speech about what her life is like, and all of a sudden I, I uh, turned the corner on Sissy and felt really bad for her, and like she's uh, she's got a fucking full plate, you know. I think she deserves <laughs> to yeah. have a little uh, little side action with the white violin, you know. I was feeling bad, you know, because I'm not. I'm not into the cheat down your husband thing, but you know what? She's earned it. She but, does a lot. But a little fiddle fiddle playing might be uh might be appropriate in this. Yeah, exactly. This case. Yeah, exactly. it's Well, I think that that's exactly what that was all about. I mean, because Harlan, I think it, would, it had already been established that he was not a very good husband, nor was he a particularly good father even though she said, you know, he's a good provider. Harlan's the kid. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm sorry. What? What's the? What's the? Uh, yeah, Carl. Carl. Okay. Carl. I'm sorry. Yes, Harlan. The. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, I, Carl's a douche. Uh, right. I had felt like that was already established, and obviously, it's a lot on her plate to have the boy um, with special needs. So, you know, I, I get some of that, and although I, I'm a believer in if you don't like your situation get out of it but at the same time it's not you know 1963 so i guess for the justification for the audience i like that they gave the little speech about you know it kind of alludes to not just her personal plight which again i think you could maybe say like you said maybe she was just being selfish but the idea that it kind of also accentuates the fact that the time that she's living in really gives her no options. And as she states, you know, it kind of just right. feels like it puts her in a box that gets smaller and smaller. So to put it in context a little bit, I like that they did that. Um, I didn't feel like it felt, you know, speechy or preachy or whatever. Um, and as far as the side action, you know, I like that. I th thought they handled that well in the sense that, like, Throughout time, I think that's, you know, little relationships like that have, have happened far more often than, you know, anyone wants to talk about or whatever, or, is, you know, certain people are, are uncomfortable talking about whatever. But the, I think she was, you know, she was acknowledging her feelings, but it, at the same time, you know, there was that kind of sudden just, if I'm going to do it, if I'm ever going to do it, it's going to be right now. And you know, the, yeah. the initial kiss was like that. So, you know, not only did I feel like it was handled right, but I, I, I it was real believable and real fluid. So, so yeah, it was good. I think at first my, my apprehension about Sissy was just that I felt like she was getting in the way of Vanya 
coming back and being, you know, a superhero team with the family. But now I realize that maybe in 1963, what Vanya brings to the table is, you know, saving the world one lady at a time, you know. <laughs> maybe she's healing broken hearts. Yeah, well, she she certainly brought the boy back to life. That that was so something I so, unexpected. Yeah, so Harlan gets Harlan gets wind of the fact that Vanya might be leaving, and you know gets really upset and and takes off for the woods. So, you know they they track him down. Vanya tracks him down to like the lake, and just you know her powers start to really manifest, and she kind of it's a really cool scene that it, it was kind of her almost version of like a sonar kind of just just keyed in on on exactly where he was and then this was awesome i love she basically lifted the entire lake up lifted the water out of the lake you know and he's just kind of laying there in the bottom which you know i thought was just an amazing effect very cool scene um not quite sure how he got to the bottom of that lake so fast that seemed Again, nitpicking, but he seemed to get, like, there and settled. I mean, they were right on him as soon as he took off. But anyway, we won't get bogged down in the details. But, uh, yeah, awesome scene. She saved his life. The effect was a little weird for me. Like, the, you know. It was cool. Yeah, no, I liked it. I mean, once she, like, when she was looking for him and she saw him down in there, I, I thought that was a really cool visual. I guess what I mean by that is that it was, you know, once she, her eyes changed and she was fully white violin and then it kind of like, the fact that she has amnesia doesn't have to play directly in how much control or non-control she has of her power. But the problem is, is that really until the night of the concert, you know, back in season one, she really hadn't had the power. And then all of a sudden she kind of became the white violin and then went to the concert and did her thing. So so you're saying even if she didn't have amnesia, it's not like she'd have all these memories of... Knowing how to do power. certain things, but I'm not even necessarily uncomfortable with that. I guess my thing is once she goes into that mode, is she almost like someone else? Where like because of her fear for his life and safety and it's somebody she cares about and her stuff's emotionally based she all of a sudden goes into the white violin mode and saves him and then when you know once they're on the shore you know she starts giving cpr she's like oh no you know whatever Mm. so like is is she almost like in another mindset while in that you know while you utilizing her power you know what i'm saying um yeah i see what you're saying i I, I interpreted it more as, as like, at least at this point, since she, you know, doesn't really know how to, how to use it yet. I saw it more as like, it's just, it's acting on her will. Like, even if she doesn't specifically know, you know, what she's going to do or how, it's just kind of, you know, manifesting what she wants to happen. You know what I mean? I understand what you mean. I guess maybe I'm being a little, a little bit of a stickler or whatever. But I, I, I thought the way it was explained, you know, that it was she kind of converts sound into energy. So maybe if there would have been a little better explanation of was a little light lapping of the water against the shoreline something that made her, you know she used that to lift up the water. You know what I mean? Like if it was something where she just needed to save him and her power just reacted, you know, to, to, to do that without her actually direct control. Like, why was it? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to watch it again because I Correct. wonder if maybe they did something in the visual that kind of was something that represented like a sound type thing. Like could I, be. I would imagine when she when she found him, it was like zeroing in on maybe a pulse or something like that. Well, I was really trying to pay attention because that's what I thought it would be. I figured she would maybe hear like a faint heartbeat down deep in the water or whatever, like a muffled heartbeat or something. But I... You know, and maybe I just missed it, but no, I was just trying to yeah, be that, very uh, conscious of that. That needs a second viewing, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, and again, it's yeah. it's it's very minor details in the grand scheme of things. So, um, so so no no biggie. I just uh, especially because in in saving his life, you know, she kind of sent some of her energy into him. And that's basically right, what that revived was, him, you know, and that was something that I hadn't heard or seen before. So I guess my thing is, is just, you know, with them already stating that she's kind of the most powerful of all, are they starting to maybe show that maybe she's not just about sound and energy, you know, maybe she's like, well, yeah, it seems like maybe there's mm-hmm. more, more to her powers, which is always great. So, you know, that's. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, bring it, bring more. Bring and the the only thing on that scene that I was unclear about, because obviously Sissy was like, "Oh, thank you, you know, for saving him," but did she see the whole thing go down, or did she just see the CPR? I think the CPR. I don't think she saw any of the okay. the power usage. So that would have just looked like normal CPR, even though she was like spitting her mojo into him or whatever. Correct. And to be honest with you, I don't remember exactly, but he may have already like started to cough and stuff before she even showed up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think she even that, saw him what, doing yeah, or just... her doing CPR. Cause I thought of that too, as she started to do CPR, I don't know if in the sixties that was prevalent enough where somebody would be like, what the hell are you doing to my kid? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of think that it would have been around since probably World probably. War II or something. I would, would, I would think when once, you know, big yeah, I just public wasn't notifications sure how much she saw out. because obviously, obviously when you lift a, the entire contents of a lake up in the air, you probably see that from a distance. But maybe that was why I, I, I did notice like they made it a point to be like, you go that way, I'll go this way. Like right. they made, that was pretty uh, like make sure. Make sure we show them doing this. So well, and if she was going to have the eventual soul-bearing scene where they she makes her move, a big you know acknowledgement of some superpower would have to have been made, if uh, yeah you know before the before the intimacy. So uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, but that was before. That was before the lake, though. No, it wasn't. The uh, I think it was. No, wasn't it? No, I oh, think that, that was after. No, because remember See, he was he was in of, he was he was in the bedroom recovering, and she was basically like, I think that's why she said, <clears throat> "Excuse me." I think that's why she said, "I think it's time that I need to leave," because that would have been a good yeah, opportunity yeah, to yeah. leave while he was you know resting and recovering and stuff, and that's when she. Yeah, you're right. Because I did think it was kind of weird. She was like, "I'm so glad you were here," and then like she's like, "Yeah," and then like thirty seconds later, it was like, "I think I'm gonna go." <laughs> we've all done that we've all done that kid once i'm out once and out uh yeah so so that's kind of where we leave them she's uh you know saving the world and uh then kind of the button on the episode was going back to five um you know even though he uh escaped before he got stabbed in the closet um we see yeah well first we see a a fight in the hallway i forgot about that first we see the big fight in the hallway with the swedes well i I would like you to describe that in just a second but that yeah exactly as soon as sir reginald goes in with the uh with the fireplace poker he basically then turns to the rest of the majestic 12 and says hey meet at the backup spot We're compromised correct we're compromised meet at the backup spot and everybody starts to break up and then it flashes to the hallway in which yeah. we find the swedes yeah that's when the, the swedes are are um the swedes descend on our heroes and uh this was an interesting scene because it was just a fun fight scene to watch but it also established so you know, basically five and Diego are on opposite ends of the hallway, you know, both, you know, kind of needing some help. Diego actually asking for help, which I thought was kind of uh, real vulnerability because he did. Yeah, he didn't seem didn't seem like he would be likely to ask for help in the way that he was. But uh, basically, it puts Lila in the position where, I mean, her orders are 
to protect five at, at all costs. So, you know, she goes off and helps him and, and, uh, obviously Diego's very confused by this, but before uh, you finish, let me just jump in real quick, because that's something that I think may pay off down the road for us is, do you remember early on in the episode where, uh, Lila was talking to the handler and she asked about the Swedes, and she said, "Oh, those the, those triplet yeah. morons, whatever, blah blah blah." She said, "Did you send them after us?" And remember how there was like that slight hesitation where she said to her that she had, of course she had, you know, that's that's part of the plan or whatever, that's what we do. Yeah. But there in the scene, there was a slight hesitation, like she was surprised that that had happened. So I'm curious to find out. If whatever this training that's been going on with uh, Lila over the years has been completely off the books, like she's, <clears throat> that's why early on in, in the season where they established Carmichael, the, the, oh yeah, no, I know what you're saying now. I, I was confused for a second. The hesitation was when she was like, um, do they, do they know who I am? Do they know I'm on the job? That's when she kind of hesitated. Yeah, but didn't didn't she say something about why would you send them so early? And then she kind of, I thought, had a, like almost like an awkward pause at that point and said, "Oh, oh yeah, it's all part of the plan," too, or something so. to that. Again, no. I what I what I took from that was from the handler's reaction was, you know, what she didn't want to say was, well, you know, the Swedes are told that if you get killed in the process that's just you know whatever that's part gotcha of okay the expendability business. factor so, yes okay. expendability thank you okay that's the, that's the word i i wanted to use um th- that was what i got from that but either way that's totally like, legit i could i could see that i mean let's face it it's the handler I, it I'm could be anything sure everybody's expendable to her you know correct well she's the she's the anti-hargreaves i've decided yeah she's the anti-reginald yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know? yeah, I think you're right. Um, so, um, even even though Lila helps five, um, Diego gets to have a showdown, you know, one on one with the the head milkman, the head Swede, the uh, elf alpha. Show Ikea. me what you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't that what he says after he yeah, after he eliminates the other guy and then he goes it's one on one and he's like show me what you got or, yeah or break it or yeah. you know something to that effect but something something to that effect um so that was pretty awesome and oh then good five, stuff five um well they both kind of get I, so I then it flashes to the spots. basically the the parking the the front driveway of this like giant the front, mansion where people are getting their cars the consulate I should say and correct yep. and um. Five is standing out there and he sees Hargreaves. Well, actually, from the window, that's why that's why it gets down to one. I think Diego did too, like from a different window. They could both. Okay, that's yeah, out. that's why the second. Okay, now I, yep, you're exactly right. I was trying to think of why they showed it the second time. But Diego couldn't. So get he to gets them he starts running. He he starts running towards the front, but he you know he arrives right afterwards. But yeah, so five kind of. Uh, I assume that was like Latin or something like that that he was speaking to it him was in. Greek. Okay, it was Greek. Greek. Okay. Um, and and it, so it made him pause for a second and and look back, and then uh, uh, you know he decided you know he he went on anyway. But they're definitely you know that definitely established that you know there's going to be some follow up, obviously by Sir Reggie. Oh, for sure. So that was that was a great and way it, to cliffhanger and, it. And if you. And if you thought that he couldn't top himself at the end after he stabbed Diego and was like amateur, this time she, the mom, or well, not the mom, but at this point just Grace is like, who was that? And he's like, no one important. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's his thing now. It's like the dismissive one-liner. <laughs> oh, great. Just so I love him. He's such a great character. Oh, it's so, so good. Mysterious. Yes. <laughs> well, and 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 you're so concerned, maybe perhaps at the you know throughout the first season where there's just enough to make you really curious, you know what what else there is, and we're starting mm-hmm. to get some really nice little payoffs in this one. So, 
Oh, for sure. And I'm sure there's more to come. We've only scratched uh, so the JBD, surface. Any, any uh, final thoughts on episode four? I think we about covered it. I just can't wait to get to the next one. I I mean, it's it's oh. it's so... Again, I just can't say it enough how much they cram into each individual episode and just leave you wanting more for the next time. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, please... You know, share this podcast with your friends. Give us a rating or a review in iTunes. That definitely helps. And, uh, you know, come back for uh, episode five with us. We're going to watch it now, and uh, we'll, we'll be right back. See you next time. See you.